Welcome to Reiki Cafe Radio, where your host, Christine Renee and Bruce Taylor. We come together with more than 35 years of experience in Reiki, meditation, chakra knowledge, and holistic healing. We are passionate about helping individuals release resistance, step into their authentic selves, and align their lives with the truth of who they are. Reiki Cafe Radio is your choice for vibrant Reiki conversations, meditation experiences, and holistic wellness. This is your space for a deeper look into the ancient wisdom through modern eyes. So grab your tea or coffee and join us as we sip our way through this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Reiki Cafe Radio with Bruce Taylor and myself, Christine Renee. Today we are going to be talking on symbol use. Mm. How do we use it? Why do we use it? What's the purpose? And yeah, how does this, how do symbols, the traditional symbols at least, and the ones we're going to be focusing on in this discussion are the Usui Reiki Ryoho symbols. So this would be what you would learn at level two in the master symbol. So four symbols in total and how they come into your practice and what they mean. And we're going to look at maybe two slightly contrasting views. I'll be giving a perspective on Japanese ideas. And then Christine can talk about just letting these symbols appear and how we put them into our practice. Yeah. So this is a fun conversation because there's a lot of different connotations with the Reiki symbols. Your Reiki master might have taught you a specific way to use Reiki symbols. And we're just giving you an alternative Mm -hmm. idea to think about, see how it sits with you, see how it can unfold into your own personal practice and your client practice and just feel into it. Feel if this feels appropriate for your practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll just jump into it from my perspective. And, you know, the thing that resonates really well with me, and I think at the end of this conversation, you'll see that we're saying the same, we're effectively saying the same thing, but two different kind of viewpoints on it. What I love so much about the, about my practice and what I've taken away from my work uh, with my recent teachers and stuff is that all of these symbols are actually a way to calm down your internal environment so that you can just hold more space. So you know, there's the symbol chokure, which is quite often viewed as like this empowerment symbol, like you're going to empower Reiki or like make Reiki flow more powerfully. But like, who's going to make the universal energy flow more powerfully? Like, are you, do you have that switch? Because that's like an incredible power. If you have that, it's really, if you bring that symbol inside and instead of saying that it's going the empowerment doesn't mean that there's more Reiki energy flowing. It means that your resistance, you're recognizing physical resistance in your body. So for me, for instance, when I'm giving a session, if a part of my body starts to hurt, like, like my lower back or my butt or whatever it might be, my arms, maybe I've given multiple sessions and they're just getting fatigued or whatever, then I'll keep my eyes closed and I'll, I'll start to chant chokure. And chokure, if you look at the spiral at the very center of it, It's getting us to remember that this energy spirals through the body, spiraling from masculine to feminine, masculine to feminine, back and forth. And if we can allow that then to just flow, that's where the idea that this is somehow empowering comes from, because not that it's empowering, but that it's our resistance has softened. So the only thing we're left to experience is the flow of energy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that is also with Sehiki, which is the balancing symbol. It doesn't like I can't balance universal energy. That's it's already balanced. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist. The whole universe is working to create balance as it moves and fluxes and, you know, all of the changes that we're going through. So in reality, if I'm recognizing that, you know, maybe the left side of my body has gone numb 
because of a way that I'm sitting or something like that, or I'm sweating on the right side only, then I might chant Sehiki, which is just recognizing that in my body, there's a feminine and a masculine duality of energy. And by chanting Sehiki, it's getting that duality to soften. Because remember, the symbols have a meaning that we've hopefully practiced and internalized. Sehiki is about balance. And if you look at the symbol itself, there's the masculine side and the feminine side. And so if we chant on that enough, then it's like you're telling your mind to let the two hemispheres of the body balance, which means they become indistinguishable from each other. Mm-hmm. And then with Hon Jaze Shone, this is the light within me recognizes the light within you. That doesn't mean that our light is separated. It's meaning that my energy is your energy and yours is mine. There's no separation. We're made of the same universal energy. So to put those three then in a, in a linear practice about how I would do it, I wouldn't put these on a person. I wouldn't project symbols onto a person. It would just be, oh, my body's feeling a little bit, you know, tired or whatever. So chokure. Okay, that fatigue has softened. But now I recognize maybe there's a difference in energy in the body. Maybe my right hand is really shaky and my left hand feels weak. So maybe if I'm mentally aware of that, I would chant uh, Sehiki, right? So if we're using Sehiki and recognizing that now that this energy maybe has softened, like on resistance on the body, we would turn to Sehiki to then recognize that there doesn't have to be a dualistic separation of that energy. One hemisphere becomes the other. See, none of this has anything to do with my client. It's only to do with myself. And this is kind of the Japanese approach. And once everything is still and calm, then all of a sudden we can recognize that this sensation that I have, maybe the heat or the the stillness that is created from Reiki or whatever it may be for you, that is indistinguishable from the stillness of the person on the table and the table itself and every other aspect of energy in the universe. And then that takes us to the meaning of daikomyo, which is this great white light within all of us. We surrender into that space. So you see, it's like I use these symbols only on myself. And this is the Japanese way to do it. It's like you just put it inside because why would I ever suggest that I know what anybody else needs? (laughs) How could I possibly know that? But what I can do is utilize the meaning of the symbols to calm the internal environment, to calm the belief that I need to do these things and get back to stillness. Well, and what I love about this, like this is not how I practice, but what I love about how Bruce does it is that it's the reflection of if my internal dialogue is calm, if my internal state of awareness is in balance and is in peace, then my external environment, including the client, will then therefore become peace. And so you can find this, the same identity, like the same uh, concepts in like Ho'oponopono. We are not working on the exterior. We're working on the internal and the internal when we work on our stuff, it will find the energetic match of this common story between your client and yourself and Mm -hmm. heal that from within you and therefore heal your client. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that perspective and know that that is uh, definitely a powerful way to go. Like if you can steal your own energy, balance your own energy, which is why, you know, self-care is key. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like daily self-care. Daily self-care. Then you are, you are more likely going to be able to hold space for your client. You're mm-hmm. going to be able to get out of the way so that the ego is not showing up in your client sessions and those type of things. Can I just add to that really yeah, quickly? Absolutely. So we all know this from a physio, uh, from an actual literal perspective, you know, like, you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're not fully present, mm-hmm. like just leave it at that. You hate those conversations because you're not being listened to. That's literally the exact same thing as a Reiki session, right? 
if I'm thinking in my mind about my next client, my to-do list for the day or whatever, then I'm not fully present for the client and the client will feel that. And then because I'm not fully present for them, well, why would they be fully present for me? You know, of course. And we've all felt that before. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, from my like modernized Reiki point of view, um, you know, a lot of my training has been self-taught. Um, I, the way I approach clients and I approach my practice is definitely slightly you know different than Bruce and that's okay. And for me, I, it's once again, I'm setting my ego aside. I'm letting my judgment of the client, their story, whatever they've told me, I try to set it aside. And in that setting it aside, I show up for the Reiki client. I set an intention for my practice. That intention may or may not include Reiki symbols Mm -hmm. as I, you know, come to the Reiki table or start my distance Reiki session. And in that, I allow my clairvoyant gifts, my spiritual gifts, whatever you want to call them. If a symbol shows up, if I see it in my mind's eye or just recognize my hand is moving. Oh, what symbol is it drawing? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's an awesome sensation. Right. I'm like, I'm not in control. I'm just Mm -hmm. seeing the things, bringing it forward. And that's when I add in the symbols. Absolutely. Right. So whether it's chokeray, I'm not getting attached to this is the meaning of chokeray. And it has to be, I'm not doing a prescription based diet on the symbols. Like oftentimes you'll see, okay, so chokeray is about empowerment or for physical healing. And therefore when someone has a broken bone or something else like that is when you use it. When we got get caught up in these stories, we're not allowing us to be fully in the flow of Reiki. Mm-hmm. And so when, but when we drop the story and it organically shows up that way, it's going to be more effective in the flow of the actual Reiki session because there's no story attached to it. It's Mm -hmm. just showing up when it needs to show up. And so that's kind of how I approach all of the Reiki symbols. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm sitting down for a distance session, I may or may not use Hansha Zishonen, but I do have all of the, the Reiki symbols memorized. Like I have a very intimate relationship with the symbols. There's, I used to, when I first started my practice, I would take a big piece of paper and draw the symbols out really large so that I could walk through that bedroom door or wherever it was hanging and practice the symbol every time I pass through that doorway. Highly advised if you're new, do something like this because it helps to reinstate the meaning in your, and that's beautiful. You walk past it and you practice it every time every you go time. past it. Yep. Right. And it's so, incredible. and I, I'll tell my students, you know, I know Han Shazi Shonen is hard. Yep. It's it's a difficult one. It's kanji. It's not in my you know frame of reference. Like I, I don't know kanji. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not Japanese, but write it, mm-hmm. write it over and over and over and over and over again. And in that practice, sit with it, ask it, what, what, what do you have to offer me? How are you going to help me support my practice? Mm-hmm. How are you going to support me in healing myself? And when we approach the symbols in this respect and honor, we're honoring Reiki. We're honoring our own self-care practice, right? Absolutely. I think another thing on that as well, speaking to that honoring the practice is imagine the example that Christine gave that if somebody comes into your office and sees you needing healing, because let's say they broke their leg, for instance, right? If your immediate thought is I'm going to heal their leg. Well, look at what you're really doing. They broke their leg because there's a story at play here. It's not a random thing. They might need to learn something about their life. You know, the legs represent forward motion and mobility and change and direction in life and all of that. So maybe they're not on the right path. You know, maybe they need to learn from the reason or the thing that has happened to them. 
So if we start to interject there, putting symbols and doing all this, like I'm going to do this to you because, well, then if that, let's say that that somehow could do it and they could heal their leg. Let's just say like we have these magic powers and boom, they come in and their legs heal. It would be awesome. If, cool. if we could, if people could heal that quickly, it'd be cool. But then the, the lesson wouldn't have been learned. So something again is going to happen to this, to the person in the same area or with the same meaning, right? Until that lesson is learned and healed from. Because there's a weakness in the energetic field at that specific location. And that's why we re-break bones at the same Mm -hmm. spot over and over and over again. Right. And so like, I've had a client who had a broken leg and, you know, from a logical analytical mind, I'm like, okay, well, well, let's see if choker ratio shows up here. Like I might be thinking that, but when I can actually get to the practice and surrender and let go of those ideas of what supposed to quote unquote supposed mm-hmm. to occur. And then, you know, what actually showed up for the client is, Oh, Sahihi is showing up. Mm-hmm. It's happening on the right leg. Mm-hmm. There's an imbalance in the emotional masculine and feminine body here. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the lower left leg and what, what's holding you back from stepping forward. What's coming up in your life now that was really old and in the past that's, that is coming forward right now. And this particular client, um, she had fallen um, in the middle, like in the middle of the night, she was woke up on the couch and was like trying to get back to her bedroom and slipped and fell and had a massive break. Mm. And it was right in the middle of a major emotional family trauma. And I'm like, this isn't a coincidence. You didn't just fall like randomly, like not on something. She didn't, you know, there, there was no coincidence here. Why is it this particular yep. spot? Yep. And then, and then going to the, the session going, I'm open and willing to see whatever needs to be seen. I, the Reiki can show up any way that it needs to. What, and if there is a symbol that wants to be used, let it be known. Period. Yeah, period. Because a lot of the, the, the pitfalls of a new practitioner and sadly, maybe some seasoned practitioners as they would see this particular side of trauma, the broken leg, for instance, immediately go to it and then start chanting chokure and doing all these things. You know, it's, it's difficult to even vocalize because that goes against all the precepts of, you know, just of worrying and being, you know, and being kind and loving and doing your job honestly and all of that, because how would I know why the person broke their leg and how am I supposed to help somebody through that? They're the one that has to learn. She had that client has to learn from that experience. Otherwise she'll just break it again. Yeah. I I can attest to that. I've broken my left, my literally my left forearm in five different places. Until that story was learned, no amount of Reiki or therapy or anything is going to be able to heal me until I go through the door, you know? So if we attach the, these kind of external meanings to the symbols and we let that dictate our practice, like I love, like how Christine's saying that she loves the way that I approach it. I love the way that she approaches it because she gets out of the way. And then when the symbol comes, it may come. I love how she said that your hands might start to move and they might start drawing the symbols. That happens all the time. But you see, that's not her, like that's not Christine Renee doing that. She's out of the way. And then there's an honesty to that that goes beyond myself, goes beyond all human concepts. And it's just letting source energy or Reiki energy or whatever be, we become a conduit yeah. in that space. Yeah. And we let it happen. Surrender and just yeah. let it flow. And, you know, this particular break, this client, um, we were doing sessions about one to two times a week for the first couple of weeks. She healed twice as fast as she, um, her doctor, um, expected her to her doctor, actually her surgeon was like, what the hell did you do? 
and it was like Reiki. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And part of that was, is that when in the session, the emotional charge underneath the break came to the surface, she started working on it. Absolutely. And then the body finally recognized that it was gone or or softening and then it heals. Exactly. So this break was very much tied to the grief around her brother who died and like family uh, drama going around, like his stuff that was trying to be negotiated around who was going to take it and all these things. Mm -hmm. And when she could really go to the root that this was related to her brother, her grief, inability to move forward, make some major life choices around, do I continue to work? Do I quit my job? Like all of it was tied into this break and the break allowed her six weeks, seven weeks to take a break from her very intensive 50 hour week job to reanalyze. What is it that I want out of my life? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? And so by doing that underlying emotional work and not pushing it and getting back into the office and like, really taking the time to actually do the healing work. She not only healed on the physical level, she felt healed on the emotional and spiritual level and committed to however long the Reiki needed to take to heal the broken bone, which was yeah. twice as fast as what was expected. And I just, it just hit me now. So I'll just add this. I mean, look how interesting this is. You break a bone so that you can take a break in life. <laughs> right. You know, like it's trying to tell you to just stop what you're doing. And if we don't listen to these things, well, then you will break a bone. If you don't listen to that, then you'll break more bones or whatever. Like it'll just until you finally listen. And you see, that's the whole point of this of this particular talk here. Until the, we listen to our own selves, these things will continue to happen. So the symbols are a way to bring them inside and listen to our own selves. Like that's how I'm saying it. Or Christine's saying the same thing, but by getting out of the way, this this symbol comes forward and the meaning of that symbol will help us to relieve that all of these, uh, like the armor, the the overarching narratives that's keeping that trauma at bay. Right. Well, and notice too, that you can do the Reiki symbols on your hands before Mm -hmm. practice. You can step into a client session and do, you know, Daikomyo. Like Mm -hmm. you can step into it. If that is actually going to be the trigger for you to let go of your ego, it's going to help you fall and surrender to whatever energy needs to show up. I'm totally all for giving choker to your hands before you start your session, whatever it may be, that's going to help you turn on that light switch. Like oftentimes we hear choker is like, this is the light switch to the energy to empower the energy, to make it stronger. What is it doing? It's reminding us that we're coming back to our own practice. Absolutely. And so if we're using it in that light, it's going to empower your session, not necessarily you know, I'm doing the symbol to heal the client. Like that's an egoic statement. Yeah. So give that a try. That's, that's the best advice that you can probably get at the beginning of your session. Do exactly that. Recite the symbols, however you wish or draw them on your hands or whatever, but that's it's notice, for you. <laughs> notice she didn't say she's drawing them on my hands. Yeah. Because, I'm drawing on the practitioner's <laughs> yeah, hands. Yeah. And that's awesome. And all of that, I do the exact same things. There's just no need to get into it because she said it perfectly. Put them here. It helps your mind understand. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. We're, I'm familiar here. We're doing Reiki. So can we get out of the way? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really lovely to have some type of like ritual or practice coming into your session so that it's like, yo, guides, <laughs> I'm doing yeah. Reiki now. Uh, show up for me or whatever it may be. And so for me, like I love turning on a very specific playlist, like that playlist helps me. It's like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And so is the chakra is doing the symbols on the shock, your chakras the thing that steps you forward, it, what is it for you? And come into a place of do a Reiki session for yourself and go, what's going to help empower me 
to show up better for a session for other Absolutely. people? Like Absolutely. what, what's the own personal ritual or practice yep. that's going to help you let go of expectations? Because when we let go of expectations of what the session is going to be, so will your client. Yeah. And then so both of you will arise at the full or a more true or more full expression of what Reiki is, which is getting out of the way of our duality, getting out of the way of our suffering and all of that. So we can just exist. And then we heal. We drop meaning. We do all these other things. That's why it's yeah. so effective. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Reiki. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So that's our chat for today on the, you know, how to use Reiki symbols. Um, Feel free to come visit us on the Reiki Cafe community. If you have more questions on this topic, know that Bruce does a beautiful job teaching our Reiki level one, two, and our Reiki master's class in the Reiki Cafe University. Reach out or visit ReikiCafeUniversity.com. Absolutely. These classes are all online as well. So we can begin that anytime that you wish. And uh, I'm bringing the components from both the Western and the Japanese perspectives to it and really helping you get a firm understanding of the Japanese, the Sui Reiki Ryoho component so that you can just let those roots grow as deep as possible. Yep. And then I sprinkle in my own little touch of the modernized practice and like, but the truth lies that, you know, it comes down to getting out of the way. Yeah. Absolutely. And so however your practice looks, keep stepping aside, keep allowing the Reiki to flow. And with that, go do some Reiki. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Take care. Reiki Cafe Radio is sponsored by Reiki Cafe University, where your Reiki dreams become reality. Join us on Instagram or Facebook at Reiki Cafe University, watch our videos on YouTube, or visit the website to learn more about our colleges of Reiki, chakras, and business. It is our aim to help you on your path to wellness, guiding you into confidence, transmute your inner critic, say yes to you. Your path to abundance, wellness, and health unfolds from here. In love and light, Christine Renee. And... Bruce Taylor.